Happy day! Welcome to Echo. Echo, Echo, Echo. See what I did? Yeah, that was yeah. good. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Would you stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.15 and 10.45 a.m. on Sundays? We'd love to meet you. We would. We hope that you will find Echo to be your place, your people, and your purpose. It can all be found in one space. It's what we're all looking for. Yes, we are. And we also want to invite you to join us for Easter, April 9th, Resurrection Sunday. We'd love to have you and your children participate in these epic celebration services. As always, we want to say thank you for your consistency with investing your tithe, a tenth of your income, to and through Echo Church. We at Echo are committed to give more than 10% annually to our partners locally, nationally, and globally, and universally, the whole world, the whole universe too. <laughs> Here in a moment, we are gonna give you an update from one of those partners who we did invest 10K into. Yes, and if you're looking to donate, please head to our website or simply Venmo us at We Are The Echo Church. Check out this missions update. Every year we receive devastating stories from the areas where we serve. Stories of girls being trafficked, stories of our partners being imprisoned and even killed simply for sharing the gospel, stories of refugee families finding safety in a ditch simply to avoid gunfire and bombs. The reality is we can never fully understand what people endure in the areas where we serve. But we do know that something powerful happens when we come alongside of them, responding at their greatest point of need. In fact, one of our partners said, I will never leave my people in need, not for the safety of myself or my family. No matter how difficult, she said, shouldn't we help more when people are in need? And that's what you did, Echo Church. You responded by rescuing girls, providing meals to displaced people, while planting more churches than ever before. Fueled by your prayers and generosity, our partners are rising up stronger than ever with incredible stories of transformation. Stories of girls who were rescued, who are now rescuing other girls and even taking down trafficking rings. Stories of traffickers who become church planters and rescuers themselves. Stories of kids receiving desperately needed meals that restore their body and allow their education to flourish. And we're seeing hope break out in these hidden fields where hundreds are meeting in secret in closed countries and hearing the gospel for the first time ever. And we are seeing the power of transformation with thousands of people being baptized in one day. This is what we get to be a part of. And I want to say thank you for your prayers, for your sacrifice, for your generosity. We're going to continue to follow the courage of our partners to bring justice to the unreached in some of the most difficult places on the planet.
How good is the Lord today? Yeah, let's lift up a shout of the praise. Come on, he's in this place this morning, and we will see his goodness in this land. Come on. So this next song, I just want to make it clear. Let's, let's just sit in the presence of God this morning. Let's make room for him to do a work in us today. Father, we acknowledge that you're here. We love you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
even if you're watching online, would you just make room for Jesus today? God, today we set ourselves aside and we invite you to invade all the spaces of our life, all the complexities, all the issues, center of everything we say and everything we do. In Jesus' name. 2,000 years ago, Jesus gathered his disciples. And when he gathered his disciples, he sat them around the table and he said, do this in remembrance of me. And he broke bread and he drank wine. So when eat of the bread, remember that my body will be broken for you. You individually, yet you collectively. Remember that my body is broken so that your body could be made whole. So today we lean into that idea that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And if God made someone whole yesterday, he's sure in the business of doing that today. And so some of you came in here and you need a touch from God physically. I'm praying that even in taking of the communion elements and remembering Christ, that God would do that work within us. And then he says, drink of my blood. For this is the payment. The payment to call you sons and daughters, friends. And to heal us from our internal issues. So I just believe with all my heart, God is in the business of renewing. God is in the business of healing. God is in the business of making new. And and, and as we remember what he did at the table with a few that chose to follow him, no matter what. Will you take the bread here and prepare the drink? Lord, we join with you and we remember you. We don't remember you for what we want you to be, but who you truly are. And God, I'd actually ask right now that you would continue to reveal yourself fully to us, to a deeper level. But we don't want to just know about a God. We want to know God. And you wanted to know us. So Jesus, we remember the body, your body that was broken and bruised. It was whipped, it was torn apart, it was hung on a tree for me. We thank you for that. And God, we remember the blood and how it was spilled and it was the payment for our sins to be forgiven. But so much more than that, it was was what paved the way for our relationship with you so that you might call us friends. You might call us by name and that we might approach you boldly. That's what we do today. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. You may take the bread. And you may take the juice. Is anybody thankful for Jesus today? We thank you for the price that he paid. How many are glad that God is still working on you, on me? That he hasn't given up, the work's not done, but he's gonna complete it until we get to meet Jesus face to face one day. That's something that I can get excited about. In fact, Echo Church, can we just say thank you one more time? Can we clap our hands and raise our voices and say thank you, Jesus?
I don't. You can. I heard there's a desire for you to break a board. Mm -mm. You think she could do it? I can't. For sure she could do it. Mm -mm. Oh. Okay. Very easy. If Andy's gonna go first, we're gonna start simple, and then we'll have to maybe try the big one. From this, you want to have a, a nice stance, a solid stance. You're gonna strike with your back hand, your mm -hmm. right handed, right? Yep. So I'm gonna hold it like this, mm -hmm. and your target is the middle of the board. Yep. But your target is not actually the board itself. You wanna be a little bit behind. Punch it. through it. And then what? We'll... I'm ready when you are. You tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. Hiya! All right, pretty good. Yes. You wanna try the bigger board? Sure. You okay? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm feeling good. Hi! Yeah! Oh, wow. Yes, I felt that one. I felt that one, and I'm bleeding. Are you bleeding? Cool. Now you're going to have me bleed? Yeah, but that was big. I think I'm probably going to have you do a knife hand strike. So you would strike this way. I'll hold the board like this, and then you'll strike this way. Like this? Yep. So keep them nice and tight, and your striking point is the lead of your hand. There's no way I can break wood with... But you aren't going through. you got to make sure you're going to push through. Your target's going to do you want me to try twist into it? You make me look good, Doug. Let's go. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I have total confidence you can do this. Okay. Oh, okay, I'm ready. You see, I can't do it. Fools. <laughs> <laughs> that hurt. That hurt. I don't want to hurt my wrist. I'm right. a wimp with you. You want to try the palm heel? That might be a lot easier. I, I'm, I'd be worried about you on there. I, would, I think the palm. Okay, the palm. All right, let's do that. So switch. Are you right-handed? Yeah. Okay, right foot back. It's the same thing as the punch. Turn your hip into it and strike through the board. I'm doing this one time and if I don't get it, I'm done. You gotta commit though. Yeah, I am committing. Make sure you're going past it. No, go on the side. Make sure you're getting through it. Point Are being, really no, when you stretch though, like make sure you're about here. Cause if you just hit it at this level, you're not, you gotta push through it. You gotta end right here. Through the wood, cool. Yep. Okay guys. So just focus, you're going to go through the board in between my hand. Now, when you do this, you want to throw your hip into it, twist into it to generate that power. Okay. Go ahead and throw that shoulder towards me some more. you got to commit. Yeah. Sounds good. Just like you are committed to me. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. Okay. Oh, you helped me. Oh. You did it. I knew it. You want to do it again? No. Yeah. You did it. You did it. That's why I married you. Come on, babe, celebrate. Ow. <laughs> I feel like there's a love-hate relationship with my, my uh, bad dad jokes, but uh, I hate to break it to you. You're, I'm not really asking you. I'm just telling you I'm doing one. So uh, there was a little girl, and, and she was with her mother at a wedding, and the priest is doing the vows, and the, the, the little girl was extremely uh, observant, and she leans into her mom, and she says, Mom, why is the bride wearing white? The mom thought for a second, and she said, well, you know, it, it, white symbolizes happiness, and today is the happiest day of her life. Which the observant young girl looked at her and thought for a second, and then replied, well, why is the groom wearing black? Punch through the surface. <laughs> okay, how about, how about this one? Uh, this is really a bad one, but I'm going to tell you. Why was the horse so happy? Because he lives in a stable environment. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I've got bad, there's only bad jokes here at this church, and Glad that you live uh, with, with uh, that with me here. But uh, hey, I, what I want to do is I want to lean into a less than stable relationship. See what I did there? Uh, with Jacob. And, uh, and contextually, we're going to open up to, um, locationally, we're going to open up to Genesis 29. Uh, but contextually, what's happened here is Jacob has married Rachel and has married Leah, and the best way I can just set up this text is this. It's complicated. It's a complicated situation, which, by the way, many relationships are. And what I'm hoping to do today is push past the surface. I really do. I sense with all my heart that some of you came in here, man, you've been hitting against a wall, and today is the day that we push past the surface, that God does something deeper in you than he's done in a long time. 
This is how the text reads in Genesis 29, 31. It says, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive, but Rachel to remain childless. It's complicated. This is one of these stories in scripture that clearly defines that life is complicated. And as I read that, I just just felt compelled to tell you this is, I'm not even going to try to explain this scripture. I'm not going to even try to explain God and how God works. And, and, and sometimes I think we err and we look at these scriptures and we're like, well, this is how God works. But I don't even know if that's the case at all times. I think situationally, God works in different Ways, But what I want to do is, is this, is I really felt, like I'd mentioned here just prophetically, that, that today, some of you, you've walked into this space, and, and you may not completely relate to one of these exact situations, but honestly, you, are, you just have tension with you and the Lord, or you at work, or you with having children, or you in your marriage, or your dating relationship, and I just sense prophetically, God wants me to tell you this, that you are in a season that this is just a, 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 if I can use a football term, you're in a down right now, or you're in a quarter, or you're in this chapter of your life, that this is just a season. And, 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 and I just sense that, that there is a season coming for you of breakthrough. Come on, somebody, someone shout amen about that. I believe that there is breakthrough around the corner, but my one warning is this. Don't put God in a box and how you want him to answer you. If I've learned anything in my life when I need breakthrough in my life and I'm praying and I'm asking God to do something significant in my life, the worst thing I've done in the past is put God in a box expecting that he would answer the way that I desire. And again, I just want to remind you that that this is a complicated text, but I'm telling you, God is in the business of answering you and being with you in your season, no matter where you're at. Now, continuing on the text, verse 32, it says, Leah became pregnant and gave birth to her son, a son. This is her first son. And she named him Reuben, which means seen, by the way. And she said, it's because the Lord has seen my misery, misery. I name him Reuben because the Lord has seen me in my current season. He's seen my misery. And then her response is this, surely my husband will love me now. And I'm telling you, when I was reading this, that was just a ton of empathy. And I was studying this and I was writing this message. There was tons of empathy that came over me because I, I just recognized that some we are in this, there's some of you in the room here today and, and you feel less than loved. You, you don't feel like you belong. You don't feel like maybe you have a place. Maybe you're lonely. And, and I just want to remind you today once again that God sees you. That God sees your situation. But I do think there's a little lesson on what she said here. That many of us in our situations or our relational context, we have an if-then type of hope. And, and I kind of want to just break that on the ground a little bit and say, if you are in a context or of a relationship and you're navigating with this idea that if I do this, then my significant other will do that, that that is a broken system unto itself. Y'all get what I'm saying there? And so what we see here is this, is we see Leah's journey and childbirthing here, and we're going to continue to talk about this, but you kind of see a little bit past the surface in where she's at. God's doing something, God's revealing certain things, but yet I believe there's more to be revealed. Verse 33, continuing on the story, it says, she conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, because the Lord heard, keyword heard, that I am not loved, he gave this one to me too. So she named him Simeon, which means heard. 
And we can kind of see that maybe God is beginning to reveal a little bit more of his character and a little bit more of his work in Leah's life. And so, and yes, she is a green, <coughs> excuse me. She agrees that God sees her and now she agrees that God hears her and she continues to progress through her context. In verse 34, it says this, again, she conceived and when she gave birth to a son, she said, now at last my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So she named him Levi, which means to join to, to be attached to. And when I was reading this just a couple of days ago and preparing for this message in this moment, I just want to be honest with you. I, I was sitting there and I just had this full sense of empathy overwhelm me so much that I, and I didn't even understand it, but I was like just crying and, and honestly just sitting there at my desk and, 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 and just sensing that there's some of, you, some of you that have walked into this space today and your situation is maybe not exact, but it is similar. And, and I just feel like God wants to remind you today that no matter your scenario, no matter uh, if you're single or no matter matter if you're wanting a relationship or you're divorced or you're married or, 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 you're, or you're married or you're struggling with kids or you're struggling to connect with your spouse or your significant other or your family is falling apart or you've been bef- betrayed by a friend or you're lonely, that it is my job to remind you that God sees you, that God hears you, and that he is joined with you today. That God is in the business of contending for you. Did you hear what I said? Every single one of you, if you didn't hear anything else, I want you to hear and and let this be sunk into your heart. God sees you and God hears you and God is committed to walk beside you and go, by the way, God is contending for you. Hebrews 13, five and six says this. It reminds us, keep your life from the Uh, keep your life free from the love of money. And if you kind of go into the etymology of that word, what you'll find is that word also means the love of an idol. And so I want you to, to disconnect the idea of money and I want you to place within yourself maybe the idealistic perspective you have of what you want to be or where you want to go because so often what we do is we struggle in finding contentment because we have been caught by the love of the thing that is not yet. Do y'all tracking? So let me read that again. It says, keep your life from the love of money. Keep your love, keep yourself away from maybe all these grand ideas you have for your, own, for your own life. And then he says this, but be content with what you have. I want to disconnect it. I want to disconnect money from that from this conversation today because, because so many of us, I mean, we might not have any money, but boy, we have a lot of ideas. And we've got a lot of things that we want to be or where we want to go or, or, or who we want to become. And, and I just want to say is maybe God is whispering to us today is this one idea. Find contentment in me now. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So, so we can confidently say this. The Lord is my helper. I will fear. I will not fear what any man can do to me. So today, my big idea is this, is every person in a relationship hopes to find contentment. Let me say it like this. Every person is looking for contentment in a relationship or outside of a relationship. That every person hopes to find contentment, but every person in a healthy relationship creates and contends for contentment. 
That's what I want you to hear. This is what I want us to apply, that no matter our our relational context, that it is up to us to create and to contend for contentment with God's help. So let's do, a, let's do something today. Let's punch past the surface just a little bit here. And I, I want to make just a few observations on the text today with what Leah went through and, and her, in essence, verbal journey uh, through childbearing. Uh, Leah, number one, is, was dealing with comparison. Anybody dealt with comparison in your life before? You know what I'm saying? It is not, it's not very hard to, or hard to find that, that, that Leah compared her life quite a bit with Rachel and how she interacted with Jacob. Obviously, there was a lot of envy. There was a lot of disappointment. There were a lot of strife. And, and, and so she just, she knew who Rachel was to Jacob and she knew who she was not. And she continually compared herself to what Rachel was and what Rachel had. And so much so that like it took her honestly four children, three to four children to finally maybe find a a little morsel of contentment, which just blows my mind because when you have your very first child, I'm telling you, that is a grand opportunity to just just wallow in this, this deep pool of contentment and blessing and praise because God has blessed you. But Leah wasn't there because she compared. And I was thinking about comparison in my life. And when I think of comparison, I actually think of my older brother. Anybody have any older siblings out there? You know, like that's just an easy, you know, thing to compare or a person to compare to. So like I always thought like, man, you know, I would, I would really like to be as big as my brother. You know what I'm saying? It was just easy. He was a couple years older. Just by, by, by sheer nature, it was like I just was going to always be the underdog. And, and I'm telling you, I, in comparison, when I was wrestling, there were moments where I was like, man, I wish I was 25 more pounds. You know what I'm saying? I wish I was just a little bit taller and then I'd really wound him, you know? There was other moments uh, as we matured. My brother, um, I would look at him and and we were in social situations and, and life situations. And, and you know what? I, I kind of maybe envied a little bit in, in comparison as he was a lot more bold than I was. He just was, he was just a bold individual. It's his, his personality kind of in your face, you know? And, and I just remember year after year, I could, I could compare to him and see who he was and then, and then allow, and, and this is the trap of comparison, is allowing um, my perspective on who he was defined who I was not. And that's the trap of comparison. And as I grew older, I, I picked up a guitar and really probably inspired by my brother. And, and uh, my brother's an excellent musician, ex- excellent vocalist. And, and, uh, and, and as I started practicing, man, right automatically, I mean, he was super helpful in helping me learn some of these techniques and things for me to be, uh, become a better musician myself. But there was always the comparison game of who he was and who I was not. Does anybody relate out there? Comparison can be a trap. And if you're anything like me, it's so easy to go online behind a screen and begin to compare my marriage with someone else's. It's so easy to compare my family and my family's vacations with somebody else's. If I'm being vulnerable with you today, comparison always attacks me in ministry it is so easy for me to look at all my friends and see what they're doing. And, 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 and I have to fight against that idea of, of, of finding that contentment in the now and what God has entrusted me to do and who he's called me to be and not be so worried about comparing where we are in this very stage. I was meeting with a group of men and, and, uh, and this was something that was placed in my heart uh, and I'm gonna read it to you uh, and I feel like this will be very pertinent to, to your life and maybe what God's doing here today. But let me remind you that life is not a Pinterest board. Did you hear that? Life was never meant to be a Pinterest board. It should not be consumed by comparison. 
or a pursuit of perfection, but one of persistence within your mess and within your mundane. Come on, somebody, that could preach. What a good reminder for us today that, that although we're surrounded by amazing individuals, that God is doing an amazing thing in your life. And let's find contentment in that. And, and what I, what I want to warn you is if we continue to, to compare specifically relationally, what, we, what, what ends up coming and creeping around the corner is contempt for those that we are in relationship with. And that is what I'm trying to warn you with today is if we stay in comparison as Leah did for many, many, many years, our relationships will struggle because we will allow contempt to come in and kill and destroy what God is trying to build up. Let's go back to the story here in verse 35. Leah is about to have another child again. And, and when she gave this birth to another son, she said, you know, this time I will praise the Lord. I mean, it is so awesome to read that, 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 that there was, that Leah was on a journey arguably over the process of three, four, five years as God uh, was, was allowing her to conceive son after son, that, that, that it began and, and, and her heart was just at a place of, of, of really a bitter end. And, and, but God had brought her after four children to this place of praise and she named this young boy named Judah. And what this little scripture gives me is hope. Hope that, that although I am not who I am supposed to be, that God is walking with me on this journey. That God is continuing to do his work inside and out. Now, my observation with this scripture particularly is this, is what we see here is that Leah found contentment. And we can see that, but let me say, I really believe it's momentary contentment. And, and, and again, why, why, why would I say that? Well, because if you know the rest of the story, this really messed with Rachel. Son number four was, was not a good son for Rachel to see Leah have, so much so that I believe Rachel leaned into Jacob and said, you know what, you need to have nothing to do with Leah. And I want to tell you this, the moment that you have that momentary contentment, the enemy is coming into that situation and he's going to try to change something so drastically and so quickly that you lose your contentment. Literally, Rachel came in and told Jacob, you cannot be with Leah anymore. So much so that years later, years later, Rachel is so desperate in having a child, she made a business agreement with Leah for some mandrakes in exchange for her man. I said, it's complicated. You know what I'm saying? It's complicated. And so she has a son and then she has another son after that. And I just want to tell you this is if you enter a relationship looking for fulfillment, you may never be found full. If you enter and you're entering into a relationship looking for fulfillment, you may never, ever be found full. But if you enter a relationship with the hope to fill that other up, you will be fulfilled. Can someone say amen or oh me? First service, they really responded to the first half of that. And when I said the second half, it sunk in, go like, oh, wait, I've actually got to do something about that. Yes, you do. <laughs> I also want to tell you when it comes to fulfillment, when it comes to contentment is this, is you may not be able to find contentment in the future if you can't find contentment and fulfillment now. It is so easy for me to be futuristic. It is so easy for me to look to the next season. It's so easy for me to look at the next down. It's so easy for me to look at the next round of my life. But I, what, I, what I really sense God is trying to just bury within our hearts and our souls and our minds today is to be content now. 
and to learn the, really the art of, of contending for that contentment no matter what our situation is. The third and last observation in the scripture is this, is I love how Rachel, or Leah, in this story, she, she says this, now I will praise. I believe she learned something here. I believe that God presented maybe a bigger picture or what was going on, that, that maybe for the very first time she was able to count her blessings and by her blessings being counted, she began to praise God. And, and what I, I wanna say is this, is it would benefit all of us in our relationships if we would just learn the art of appreciation, that maybe we would be able to contend for contentment if we would learn the art of appreciation. And, and again, yes, it would have been awesome if Leah would have learned that on son one or son two or son two or son three. But you know what's awesome about this story is it depicts a God that is absolutely patient with his sons and daughters. And I think that's worth an amen out there. That God is in the business of being patient to work with you. And, and I just want to say this is would we be people that would begin to appreciate what God has given us? In fact, I just sense that there's some of you, you've forgotten that what you're living in is a prayer that you once prayed, an answered prayer. But now what you do is you complain about it. May we learn the art of praise. And, and so as I was processing through this message and asking God, what could we do? What could we apply this to our life? I felt the best thing we can do today is reverse engineer this really uh, journey that Leo went on. If we are going to find contentment, if we're gonna be the people that God has called us to be. So reverse engineering it really, really quickly and band, you guys can come up. How can I apply this? Number one, if we're going to find contentment and remain in contentment, what we need to do is name who or what we appreciate daily. Name who we appreciate. Name who or what we appreciate. And let me tell you, let me go one step further. Say it out loud. Write it out loud. The second thing we're gonna need to do is and, 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 and reverse engineering this concept and allowing God to, 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 to really build contentment and appreciation in our life is, you know what, we have to contend for contentment. We have to understand that, that there is a battle of the mind and that battle is an ongoing battle. It will never end. It will always continue. And let me, let me tell you where it continues most. In Romans 12, 18, it says this, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everybody. And some of you are like, you're telling me, Andy, I have so many problems with everybody. They're always such an issue. Yes, thank you. I, I need to try to live peace at them. And, and I want to tell you today, maybe you're having a hard time with peace with everyone because you don't have peace with somebody. And that someone's yourself. When Jesus says live at peace with everybody, he means everybody. And that maybe even means you. Contend for contentment. Contend for that inner battle of contentment and appreciation and fulfillment that God is trying to show and reveal in your life today. And then number three, we're called to create the culture for healthy relationship. That we are culture creators for a healthy relationship. And I believe we can create a healthy culture of contentment by beginning to encourage. The people who are committed to adding something to the relationship and not subtracting, being in a relationship where we're consistently willing to help. We buy into this idea that, that scripture teaches us that we're gonna do unto others as we would wish them to do unto others or to us. And that we would be people that would create good habits. And 
And then number four, God has called us to endure. The story of Leah and Rachel and Jacob is dynamic and it's complex and it's hard to explain all the subtle nuances, but I wanna land on this one idea. And it's hard to see this in scripture. So many of us, if we've read this story, we've probably skipped over this, but, but let me tell you a little bit of the story. Rachel eventually has children. Okay, let me tell you this. Rachel had a season but God blessed her with two sons. But unfortunately, on the second son, Benjamin, when he was born, she actually died, died at childbirth. Arguably died, died content. Maybe not the way she hoped it. But when she died, they were on the road to go back home. To live in the land that they once left. To, to step back into the promised land, what God had ordained with them. And so in essence, Rachel is buried along the side of the road. And then what we find out the rest of the story is this, is, is Jacob goes and she, he goes back to his home nation and his home land and continue to live life. And what we find in the story is, is you hear about this guy named Joseph, the coat of many colors, and you hear about the complicated situation where the brothers sell Joseph to slavery and, and like almost killed him, but someone saved his life. And, and then Joseph goes off to Egypt and lives his life. And then by God's divine intervention, Joseph and his family are reunited. And Joseph goes home with his family, with his entourage, and he sits there at the edge of Jacob's bed on his last days to live. And what we find is Jacob says, you know what I want to be? I want to be buried with my ancestors. I want to be buried where Abraham and Sarah's, Sarah was, was buried. And I want to be buried in the same uh, cave uh, or, or in the land where, where Isaac and Rebekah were buried. And you know where he was buried next to? He was also buried next to Leah. And again, it's, it's a small little scripture, but I don't want you to, to miss that. Leah, although she felt so unloved and so less than, she, she didn't belong at the end of her life. She was the one that was buried with her husband. Not only that, Leah is the mother, the great, 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 great mother of Jesus. Leah is the one that the priest and the king and the lineage of the priests and kings within Israel come out of. And so all I want to tell you today is you are in a season and some of you may not have much hope. You might, may not much, you might, you may not have much contentment or fulfillment in the now, but I'm telling you this is your breakthrough is around the corner that your season isn't forever, that God hears you, that God sees you, that God is committed to walk with you, and that God desires for you to be content today. Can anybody get behind that proclamation? Can anybody get excited that God is in the business, that he's not giving up on you? So Jesus, we are here for you. Echo Church, would you just stand up? We pray a prayer. It really is that declaration that I cannot do this alone, that in past seasons I've tried to do life and I've failed. So this new season, I choose to surrender. And some of you may have never prayed this prayer before. And I want you to understand this, as Jesus is sitting at the edge of his seat today and he's calling you home. Would you surrender to what he has for your life? Will you surrender for the healing and the guidance that he has for you? Let's pray this. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Hey, Echo Church, let's lean in. Let's seek God and let's praise him and appreciate God for what he's doing in our lives today.
we look at the Old Testament, there's this times where God comes to Abraham. He's like, hey, there's this cool thing that you're going to do. And what God doesn't tell him is it's going to take 25 years from that point to the promise. God comes to Moses. He's like, Moses, listen, you're going to do this thing and you're going to lead these people out and they're going to be restored and they're going to be put into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. But what he doesn't tell Moses is it's going to take 41-ish years. And I think about Leah right now and what Leah thought her life was going to be and what it ended up being. And I want to give you a, like, I want to give you an encouragement that'll help us strive towards contentment, which is this. I don't believe Leah ever got to see the real promise in her lifetime. It wasn't until Jesus was born in her line through her son Judah that everything came to fruition. And sometimes you're in the season, you're in the Moses season, and you're in like the 40-year season or the 40-day season, or hopefully it's not 40 years for you, but 40-week season, whatever it is, and you're just in that season. The thing that I take solace in that gives me a little bit of contentment is God knows, and God is in it. And even though we might be long gone when the real fruition of our sacrifice, of our contentment, of our willingness to strive comes through, God knows and God is using it. So I just want to encourage you guys today. I just want to encourage you with that as a thought. Now, as a little bonus, I was talking to my friend John out in the lobby, and he had a little thought, which was this. If Andy and Christy and their family started a family band, they should be called Andy and the Cassettes. I mean, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Andy and the cassettes would be pretty awesome. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Just that's all you're going to remember I said. I know it, but I just, I thought that was so funny and I did not want to forget that. Now, one of the things we love to do here at Echo is we love to celebrate people. We want to celebrate those that came to Echo for the very first time. Come on. All we're going to do now is pass around the mic and you can tell us your life story. No, no, we won't do that. We also want to celebrate those that said the prayer with us for the first time. Come on. A really big call to action step today. And Pastor Andy really pushed it through even further, which is the next steps of baptism. If you have not done that, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to do it for you. And I want to encourage you to do it for the people in your lives. Like it makes a difference to the people around you. You all of a sudden say, listen, I'm getting baptized. Would you come? Guess what? People come. And lives are changed at the waters of baptism, not just for you going down, but the people who are there to be a part of it. So I just want to encourage you in that. Echo Church, we love you. And we are so glad you're here. And we can't wait to see you next week. Have an amazing week, everybody.